Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We're both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses. Our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you'd like to join our business discord where we talk about wins, business problems, or general questions, shoot us a message and we will get you in there. Tyler, what's going on, my man? Uh, Not too much. Just trying to get through the days. I haven't been feeling too good. So I'm out here. Wasn't expecting to be filming today. So I had to prepare myself for a a little bit because I got the text and so I had to prepare myself a little bit. What's going on with you? You had eight hours to prepare, Tyler. I, it's not long enough. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't going to be any better tomorrow, do you think? I hope so, man. I've been sick for over a week now. <coughs> I've been sick for over a week now. And uh, yeah, it's it's time for it to be gone because I, I rarely get sick. But yeah, hopefully it's gone soon. Too much traveling. You got the maybe. airport flu. Maybe, maybe. Hopefully it's gone soon, though. What's going on with you? Fingers crossed. Not a whole lot. Uh, just been working a lot. Um, haven't been uh, on any airplanes lately uh, like you. But, uh, yeah, good things going over here. We've had shoots pretty much like every day the last couple weeks. And for the next couple weeks, we're also going to have shoots basically every day of the week. So a lot of the editing has been coming down to editing at night on the and on the weekends, uh, which is okay. I think I've found a groove where it's going well. So no issues there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been going good with, with a lot of shoots. That's good to hear. I, it seems like you're keeping that steam rolling from where we left off because we had to squeeze it, squeeze our filming in because you're constantly filming every day, which is good to hear that you're continuing that trend, continuing the momentum. Yeah, and I I, th- I had a thought that's like, oh, I'm shooting too much where I should only limit it to so many days a week. But then I got to thinking, why would you do that? You should build a system in place where you can shoot every single day because when you're shooting, you're making money. So why limit it to just three days a week if you can shoot five and then just figure out the editing on the back end, which that'll come. So working a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I, I changed up. I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about I should limit it to... It was maybe like a month ago, but limited to three days of shoot of shooting per week. And I think my thought process has chained on that just a little bit. I think the thought that goes into that where you do have the limit on how many shoots that you do, you are able to say, hey, I only have five shoots available this month. So it creates supply and demand. And then you're able to increase your prices at the same time. So you're saying, hey, I only got X amount of shoots left. And then I think that frees up a lot of your time. So you're able to work on the business as opposed to in the business. So I think those are a few different thought processes as to why I get, I get you wanting to make money, but you've said this before, just increase your prices, do the same, do less jobs for more price. So maybe yep, that's And I have thing. been increasing the prices and people just keep saying yes, which is crazy to me. It closed a, I think $10,000 job for two videos. And I was like, I can't believe they said yes. I gave them, uh, it was almost uh, asshole tax because oh. it's just someone that's just dealing with has been a nightmare. And then they're just like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. What would you have so, previously charged before, say, taking these courses or before this? Uh, probably maybe four to five grand. And I would have added some more deliverables possibly. But for this, I had the, I know we had this conversation. I don't know when it was on the podcast, but going all out instead of, you know, doing it for 4K and trying to fit as much in there as you can, do it for yep. six and do it the right way. So this, I was kind of like, okay, it's going to be two full days of shooting, uh, one video per day, and we're going to go all out on pre-production, all out on crew, all out on everything. Uh, and it's amazing they still said yes. So it's kind of a <laughs> light bulb moment that just, just keep raising your prices until someone tells you no. Well, even if you do hear a no, maybe that person just wasn't the right client. Yeah. Until you hear too many no's, then you're like, okay, maybe I'll dial back a little bit. Yeah. Sounds good. That's good to hear though. What's going on in your end? Yeah. So when I was on, so I just got back from my trip in Colorado Springs, hung out with the team, which was really good to to do. And just, I think everyone really enjoyed it and it's good to 
just hang out together as a team is completely different because we're constantly working remote and we're all individual and we typically don't get to interact with people on a daily basis. So that was a cool experience. And I think that drove a lot of motivation to everyone. And then while I was away, I had my client, she reached out to me and she said, we, we were talking a little bit and then she reached out to me and said that she ended up landing a client from what I was doing. So that's really cool to see that what we have done has already started to pay off. So that's cool to see. And I think that's that's a nice little win that I got out of that just to, because I, I've been struggling to see the value that I'm giving them because when I think I have to get be able to provide enough value to them to cover my expenses to make it worth their investment. So I've I've struggled with that and I've looked at her prices and what I need to realize is lifetime value at the same time. So even though this client maybe they so her background checks I've seen on her website they range from like 20 to 60 dollars I believe. So that's only for one background check. So I think if it's a bigger company and they ask for say 100 then that's I don't know what the math is on that 2000 or 2000 to $6,000. So that would uh, cover the amount of that of my expenses. So I've tried to factor in lifetime value and being able to understand the value that I'm bringing to her. So it makes worthwhile her investment. Yeah, that's the whole name of the game is figuring out the value pricing based or versus the hourly pricing. And that's when you start to get into the world where you can make some serious money, but you do have to figure out that whole, am I giving enough value for what I'm charging? Which is a interesting thing to go through. That's for sure. Yeah. So it was just nice to see that she landed a client from what we were doing and it's only been a couple weeks and already able to see the ROI on that. So that's good to see. Um, yeah. And I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things. Like I said, I just got back yesterday, still feeling like crap. My foot's injured now. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just trying to get by. I, I can't run and it hurts to walk, but I can bike. So I'll probably just be sticking to biking and probably start swimming, but I don't know what's wrong with my foot. I hope it's nothing serious. And then I can back, get back into running. You got to stay off that foot, get a boot on there, get some crutches, <sighs> and then you'll be good to go in just a couple of weeks. I'm like walking around. So it doesn't, it's weird. It doesn't hurt if I, if I walk on my toes. So I've been walking around on my toes, just on my Ugh. one foot. Yeah. Like those one kids in high school. <laughs> yeah. Like the, I've thought about that. I know I, I, I was, when I was at the gym this morning, I was just thinking to myself, at least they've seen me walking normally before. So they probably just think I have yeah. a limp or I'm injured right now. So <laughs> yeah, like those kids. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that foot gets better. I don't think we've had an update from the marathon. Are you going to give an update on that? Yeah, I went like shit. I, <laughs> it was just brutal. I, there's nothing I could have really done to prepare for it. I ended up getting sick the night before and then when I ran it I, I hate I hate using this excuse I really wanted to hit my at least one of my goals so I can still say this and be like but I didn't hit any of my goals now and now I'm like it seems like I'm placing blame on it but I I was sick during the marathon and like had a massive headache during it and within the first few miles my legs were just killing me and I it just hurt my hips everything was hurting a lot more than what I was used to I I never had this pain before and it was right when I started the race too so it just did not go well I was eight minutes above like my baseline goal that I said I was gonna hit and I should have easily hit that. Like judging from my training, I was able to, I, in training, I was able to hit that, but I was five miles short, but like I felt perfectly fine at the end of those runs and I could have picked up pace. So I judging from training, I just think that the day didn't go my way. So unfortunately I wasn't able to hit any of my goals and it was just shit and I'm still suffering the, the down, I don't know what it is, but. Consequences. Yeah. From that well, marathon. you left out a big part. Did I? You forgot the day that the marathon oh. was on. So go over that a little bit. Yeah. So preparation. I, I, I don't, I don't know how this happened because 
I swear it said sept- Saturday the 19th. This is when the marathon is. And so that's a Saturday. And I'm lucky I ended up getting a late flight the next day because I went down Saturday and I was all dressed, ready to run the marathon. And I see the city workers, there's like nothing on the streets. And I see the city workers starting to set up, block off the streets and shit like that. And then I'm like, man, they got a lot to do in a little time. So I ended up asking one of the city workers, where's the start line for the marathon? And he goes, it's right over there, but that's not till tomorrow. I'm like, you serious? (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, we, he, He's like, yeah, man, like it's not till tomorrow. I'm like, I'm a freaking idiot. And then I just, (laughs) yeah, I was like, I'm a space cadet. And then I just kind of did the walk of shame back to my hotel. I was so ready to. And it kind of sucks because I wasn't sick at that time. So I ended up getting sick that night. So it would have been nice. When I first thought it, I was like, eh, whatever. I'll just run it tomorrow. I'll be ready. I'll do the same thing. And... It turns out the next day was a little bit different than the first day, so it would have been nice to actually run it the, that day. It would have been interesting because I I wasn't sick at the time, so it would have been really interesting to see how that would have gone. Yeah, and now you're on to marathon or not marathon Ironman training, which is exciting. But you got a you got a bum foot. <laughs> Technically both because I got another marathon coming up in under two months, so I got to train for that. And but I'm also training. When for did you mar- sign up for Ironman. that one? That was a while ago. I don't know when I did. Okay. That was probably like a month or two ago. Maybe not that okay. long, but yeah. Yeah, so, I got that. So you didn't book up. that after your first marathon and say, God damn it, I'm yeah. running another one. No, that that's not what happened. It's, yeah. And when I was running that marathon, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, God damn, I signed up for an Ironman too. And now I got to do that. So yeah, it'll be, it, it'll be definitely a good challenge. I... And I'm just trying to prepare the best I can. What happened there, it was like a learning experience for me. And I'm like, like, it's tough to prepare. Like, you can't really simulate having a headache and then your whole body hurting. So I'm like, how can I better prepare for next time? Like, how can I just put myself through the most shit I can possibly do? So that's what I was just trying to think to myself. And that's something that I'm doing like right now or just running sick. And I I don't want to potentially injure my foot even more. So I don't want to run on that, but if it was manageable, I probably would just so I can simulate the most shit I possibly can. You got to run barefoot. <laughs> Grounding. Over rocks. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll run on fire. <laughs> yeah, well, if it makes you feel any better, Tyler, I also have a failure to share with you. Our 30 videos in 30 days challenge, I have failed that challenge because this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I completely just forgot that we were doing that and I didn't post the video Saturday or Sunday. And I actually, it was late last night, like 1130. And I just realized that I'm like, wow, I, I, it's usually because I think I work on the weekend. So it's like, okay, I'm at my computer and I think about videos, but Saturday and Sunday, I was just getting a lot of stuff done uh, around the house. I was renovating my basement and then Sunday just, also didn't think about it and then realized I'm like, wow, I totally just canned it. And I was at a wedding on Saturday. So yeah, it was just a tumble effect. Uh, so I did fail the challenge, but we're back on it. We'll have a video today. We're filming on a Monday. So we're still going to go. Hopefully we hit 28 out of 30, but yeah, it just it happened and you have to admit defeat. No, you got to start back that back at day one. So now you got another 30 days to hit. I don't know if I'll do that, but I'm running out of ideas too. <laughs> like I well, just, and the one, I just posted mine. Yeah. The one thing I realized like doing this, the daily is good, but I think after our 30 days is over, I'll probably do it like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then add a photo in there here and there, because I've been watching some videos, uh, one from Jayhawk, who's a YouTuber. And he talked about the algorithm that he saw the best success on was when he was doing photos and videos mixed together. And he said the best photos he was doing was a carousel. So I think if I did something on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then a carousel uh, photo here and there, uh, I think that would be a lot better. But I'm seeing that a lot of the videos, like some of them get really good traction. And then the ones that I'm just throwing shit into the air just to post a video that day aren't doing as well. So if I can put a little bit more effort into those three rather than trying to post seven a week, uh, I think it might see a little bit better results. 
Maybe, but what we saw was volume matters because I'm posting twice a day. And I believe some of your reels are doing quite a bit better than mine, but I have better results just because I have po I'm posting more volume. So I do think volume is uh, key. And another thing for maybe anyone that's listening to potentially help out, the reason why carousels do perform well is because when you post a carousel, the first image will show up. And then if someone doesn't interact with it or engage with it and they don't scroll through to the end, your carousel can reappear back at the top and it'll be like the second image. And then it'll be the third image, fourth image, five, fifth image until it has the last image. And if someone goes through the whole carousel, then it'll stop repopulating at the top. So I think that's a reason why carousels do tend to do decent. Yeah, it gives you a lot more chances to get those likes or shares or whatever it is. Exactly. So that's a little little Instagram hack, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And I don't think I'll limit myself to like three a week, but I want to <laughs> remove the ones where it's like, well, I got to post a video today. Here's a stupid idea I found and just throw something together where at least there's a little bit more intent behind them trying to add value with every post rather than you gotta start vlogging. Ooh, look more. at me. I think you only did like two vlogs. The vlogs don't perform well compared yeah, to any of the other ones though. Documenting, documenting document what, what what you're doing i don't know maybe a shoot try and br try and bring it on a shoot just get yeah but the documenting the like i don't care to document like an unboxing of a new tripod you know that's not what i'm saying you got to document like your tell a story i don't know but that's providing value i'm just saying do, doing more value driven stuff rather than just shit posting like oh here's a behind the scenes video because it looks cool. You know what I mean? That's not alluding to people like, why should they follow me because they see that video? Are you saying like the ones that you have a bunch of text over? No, because some of those provide value. Like if the text provides value, but stuff that's just like, I know this video performed well, but the sound that you love, the life is this, I like this. What kind of value did that provide to anyone? You know, if you put value in the caption, awesome. But if they just see behind the scenes of a video set, it's not really making their life any better. I think it shows it's first off, it's cool audio. <laughs> second off, <laughs> oh, I know that. But. <laughs> second off, I think it just shows them kind of what you do and a little bit of a little bit about yourself. So it's just maybe some people don't know who you are or know what you do. And then they see that and then they say, oh, maybe I'll follow this guy. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some anecdotal stories like that, but I think there's better ways to do that. Then do them. That's the plan. All but right. I got to wait till after 30 days. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Until then, I'm going to keep shit posting. Uh, <laughs> let's go into this week's uh, news story. Uh, you, we were both at this event. Alex Ramosi had his $100 million leads event on Saturday morning which actually worked well for your missed marathon because you got to attend this event. You I'm may so have worried. fell asleep during it, but <laughs> uh, you did make some of it, I believe. I was so worried I was going to miss it because of the marathon, and then I ended up making it, and then it just seemed like it just kept going on and on, and it just seemed like he was trying to sell his book, which, I mean, I'm, sh I'm sure it's amazing, but it just seemed like it kept going on and on, and then I just ended up falling asleep, yeah. Yeah. And it was, was so a really tired. good event. Like that's never, that's I've never been to like a business online event, I guess you could call it. But, uh, I think it was pretty sweet. He shared a bunch of information and then he ended up giving away just a bunch of stuff for free, which was super cool. And then at the end, you know, I liked the premise he had about, okay, if you are someone that just needs this information to grow your business, that's totally fine. If you're someone that, is in the spot to help me out in my mission and other people. That's also fine. We're going to talk to both of you. And the one person that just needs this information to get by got everything for free, all of his courses, all of the audiobook, everything. And then the people that could help him out, he gave an offer to buy a book. And when you bought a book, uh, an acquisition.com hat came with it. So I bought uh, some books. I bought 10 of them to give away to some clients. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see that. Like he's not asking for your money. He said, if you can help out awesome, but I don't need it. 
Uh, but it was cool to get to the end where he was showing all of the different stuff he was giving away for free. And then once he got to the end, it was $12,000, cut it down to 7,000, cut it down to three and then cut it down to free. What do you mean he was cutting it down? So like he was saying the value of this uh, course that he's given away retail value. What he thinks it's worth is $1,997. And mm-hmm. then he did another one. This one's worth $997. This one's worth $2,997. And it was like lead magnet, first five clients and all these different things, which there was, you know, six or seven of them. And then he gave a total price and he said, but you guys aren't going to pay that today. You're going to pay this. And it was like $6,000. And he said, but I lied. You're not going to pay 6,000. And then he's like $2,997. And at the very end, and he said, and this is my final offer. This is the last price you guys are getting. And then he looked at everybody and he waited literally like 10 seconds. And he's like, it's free. It's all free. It was pretty sick. So, Mic drop. Um, yeah, kind of made me just like smile a little bit in my office. I was like, wow, that's crazy. What was your favorite part about it? What was your biggest takeaway from the event? Uh, just the, I think there's a certain structure to webinars that people use. And like it's, it's, it's literally the exact same thing. I've been in a few webinars and it's the exact same thing. It's like quick story about yourself as background, give a bunch of way, give away a bunch of free information, value stack, discount three times offer at the end. It's crazy. Yeah. I but, haven't been on many webinars, but yeah, that does seem pretty much what, what they, they go by. It's like who we are, what we offer, here's some information, here's some case studies, here's some information or stuff that we've done that we've seen to social proof. And then here it is. Oh, wait, no. If you order right now, you get this discount. Just kidding. You get this guy. Yeah. yeah. And I think interesting. He's like so smart, man. That's one thing I want to talk about. Like, do you think he's becoming one of the 10 biggest business figures out there? I know obviously people are like, oh, you know, Warren Buffett and you have Gary Vee and all these people. But if you're going to go to a place like if I had to recommend for someone to go to a place to get free business education, it'd definitely be him. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think over a long enough time span, I think he is going to be probably the next Warren Buffett or someone of that nature. And he says it in the beginning of his intro of his podcast where he wishes that Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, they would have documented their journeys. So he's doing it for them. And I think he, I think it's only a matter of time before he does hit the billion dollar mark and then he's going to continue to skyrocket from there most likely. So, and I think the main difference is he's given away all the information where say like Phil Knight, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, they don't really give away information. They just kind of work on business. So it's interesting that his business model is giveaway information. And that is a way for him to generate new leads and new traffic for him to be able to invest in, to be able to help grow his business, to be able to help him achieve his success. Yeah. It's cool that he's, he talks about this all the time, but delaying gratification so he can eventually partner with you. If you use the free information he's giving you to get to a point where he can then buy your business. So cool to see. But yeah, I mean, the event was, I thought it was pretty sweet. He said he has a third book already on the way, which is a good little cliffhanger, a little teaser. He said the third book's already completed. Um, and that was a good little send off. So interested to see uh, when that one comes out and what that one is. Did, you said your package shipped, right? Is it there yet? Uh, I have not seen it yet. No, I think mm. it shipped a couple of days ago, last week sometime. So what it, what information has, or what have you received so far? Is it just all digital programs? So, yeah. So the course, which I assume what he's going to do is like everyone that was on the call gets it for free. And I assume he's going to open it up for free to the public at some point anyways. Like he said, you all get the audiobook for free, but now the audiobook is just on his Spotify podcast. So... You're not really winning anything for being there. You still get the audiobook. I don't know if the whole course, the lead magnet course, which is basically his book, but it's a course of him teaching what's in the book. So it goes over virtually the same exact things in the book, except he just walks through it while he's standing mm-hmm. there talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume that's 
eventually going to be available to the public one day. I assume anyone at acquisition.com can go. That's what it's on the link I got. So probably didn't get anything that people that didn't go wouldn't have got, but it was nice to be there. And you got the, you're in the email funnel where he can send you all that free stuff. Um, whereas maybe I wouldn't have ever saw it or tried to find it if I wasn't at the event. Yeah, I know it's real. It's probably real similar to his first book where he directs a lot of the traffic to his website where he has all of his trainings online where it's basically he talks about what's in the chapter. So it's a little bit different. So if you're a visual type of learner and want to watch the videos, you can do that and as opposed to reading the books. So I'm assuming yeah, it's probably it's, the same thing. It's good. Like I'm going <laughs> to, once my book is here, I'm going to listen to it and read it at the same time. And then I'm also going to go through the course where he's showing the things. So I, I saw a thing the other day that says you shouldn't be proud of how many books you can read. You mm-hmm. should be proud on how many books you can understand. So I like the idea of reading books multiple times until you get the premise, like, like you could teach it. So never split the difference is a book that I've read twice now. And like halfway through the third time listening to it, where if I can really master, never split the difference in negotiating, that's going to help me than reading 15 books that I kind of get the gist of what it's talking about. But if I really know how to solve this one problem, that's one thing I've started to think about is like, let's buy books and read books that solve specific problems. Mm-hmm. So if like, if I have a specific problems, you know, how to run a retargeting Facebook ad for real estate agents, I'd much rather read that book and master that than just a general book on Facebook ads. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah, that's something I'm trying to get better at because I know when I first started out, started reading, I always wanted to just have this massive library of books that I just read. And that I think that was one of the reasons I wanted to read 52 books in a year. But then it, my mindset started to change a lot where especially during the 52 books in a year, it really changed because I started thinking I'm just going through all these books really fast and I'm not actually retaining the information. It would be in one year, out the other, other, and then on to the next book. And I think I just finished the first book that I ever read twice. And I need, I, I really need to change my mindset because I the way I quantify the amount of information that I'm gaining is by the amount of books that I have. So I really needed, I'm, I'm doing my best to change it right now. I'm reading another book for the second time and I'm just trying to take more actions as opposed to just reading. And that's one thing that I'm trying to be a lot better at because a lot of the times I just read and then it's just, I put it down and then to never really see it again. But at the same time, it's like still in the back of my mind, a lot of the information that I can probably still take action on. So it's trying to take more action onto the books that I'm reading. Yeah, that I, I was watching a podcast, Naval, I don't know his last name, but he's the one guy that has that How to Be Rich podcast I sent you. And he basically is on the Joe Rogan podcast and he says, there's times where I just read parts of books. I don't gratify or I don't, you know, sit there and enjoy thinking, man, I finished this book. He's like, there's times where I just flip open to chapter six because I know it's on this specific thing. I'll read that chapter and never pick up the book again. He says, I'm not hanging my hat on me getting from the front cover to the end cover. There's mm-hmm. multiple times where I'll read a couple chapters and say this book sucks and never <laughs> read it where some people would finish it because they're like, oh, I finished this book. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's me right there. And I need to understand that that's a waste of my time. I have the perfect example of that. I, my mom ended up ended up buying me this book. It was the exact same title, but it was the wrong book that she ended up buying, and it was like this chick's diary for God or whatever. And I ended up reading that book because it was one of my books for fifty two books in a year, and it it slowed me down a lot. And I ended up reading it because I hate starting a book and not finishing it. So I think the smarter smarter choice would have been to throw the book out and sell it or something. <laughs> yeah. Put it and down. that's one thing. Once I re- heard that on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I think that's where I learned the other uh, specific problem is from Alex Ramosi. He pretty much says, you know, a book, the reason I write books is you can tell if a book is good if it solves an exact problem. If it's just general and all over the place, it's not a good book. It should be solving specific problems. So he says his book solves how to get leads. That's the one thing. The only thing that it solves is how to get leads for your business. So, but uh, let's maybe get into this week's topic. We're running a little long here. 
but this week we're going to be talking about focusing on some certain items, letting others take the back seat. So really prioritizing what your tasks are. Tyler, I know we've had this conversation in the past before, but what are your thoughts on prioritizing certain things and leaving others in the backseat? Do you, does it make you anxious? Do you, do you not like doing that? Does it not bother you? What are your thoughts? I'm not a big fan of it, but this was something that I think you ended up telling me that I need to do and I ended up doing it and it was actually a good decision to do because it, I think there's a trade-off to it. But so the one thing that happened was you said I need to stop reading because I kept complaining that I don't have enough time in the day to do the stuff that I want to do. And what I like to do is an hour before bed, I like to read because it, it simmers my mind and it just calms it down. So I'm able to fall asleep well and I get, get my reading in, I get some good information there. And what I ended up doing was, and you said, I got to stop reading and then I can use that time to do other stuff. And I started doing that and then it helped out a lot because I was getting a lot more stuff done. And then it's not really complaining about not having enough time in the day because I'm gaining an hour, hour back now. However, the trade-off is I'm working up right until I go to bed and I'm most likely staring at a screen the whole time. And then my mind's not really as calm when I do try to go to bed. So it's, that's the trade-off there. And, but I'm really happy that I did start doing that because it's helped give me a lot of, a lot more time. And I've able to, I've been able to accomplish a lot more tasks and get a lot more stuff done. So yeah. What about you? Yeah. It's, it's not even necessarily, you know, you might be in a situation where it's not specifically reading at night, but you should audit the things you are doing and where you can buy some time back. And that's the thing where, you know, it's not saying Tyler should quit reading forever. Like it's a good thing. And if you enjoy doing it, that's fine. But what are your priorities on? Okay. If I really want to get the ball moving on personal content, let's say for example, and you can't do that because you're sacrificing reading, but reading doesn't matter to you as much as this goal that you keep missing. Well, then Mm -hmm. you can sacrifice some time. Maybe it's half of your amount of reading time or whatever it is to start pushing towards that goal. So it's really figuring out what matters more to me and then going that direction. You know, if you're watching a lot of Netflix and if you watch one episode of Netflix a night and you're like, man, I just don't have enough time to uh, start this project that I've been doing. Okay, maybe watch one episode of Netflix every other day. And then work on your thing the days that you're not doing that. So it's not saying give up all your leisure time and be, you know, don't do anything you ever enjoy, but it's figure out where you can buy some of that time back so you can do the things that are actually important to you rather than just letting them sit on the back burner. Do you have any examples of yourself cutting something out so you can buy back some time? Uh, I stopped. I used to watch a lot more Netflix and like TV shows where I've done less of that. So now I really limit it to uh, watching them while I eat dinner or eat lunch, you know, because I'm taking that break anyways to eat. I'm not going to eat and work on my computer at the same time. So what I'll do sometimes is cook dinner and then sit on the couch, eat and watch a show there. So rather than, well, here's my hour of dinner time to fuck off. And then I have two hours after that kind of mash them together a little bit. And then I've been waking up earlier, which is that's been about probably a month now. Uh, I started waking up at seven. Now I try to wake up at six, depending on the day. Usually it's between six and seven, but closer to six. And that's bought a lot of time back. Um, And then, you know, that removes the time that you can stay up until 1230 at night watching TikTok because it's hard to get up at six if you're going to bed at 1230. So it kind of all works together. If you're going to bed earlier, you can wake up earlier and get more done. So have you been staying consistent with that? You haven't hit missed any days? On waking up past... Yeah. Seven. So six is... Yeah, seven's kind of the the marker that I try to hit. There's days where I'm like, ah, 6.15, or I get up at six, don't start work till 6.30. There have been a couple of days where I get up past seven, but it's warranted like there's one where I had a shoot like super late and I got home at one and I was like, okay, I don't have anything in the morning. I'm going to get, you know, I'm not going to get five hours of sleep. But yeah, I mean, it's been pretty consistent where I've been doing what I've said I'm going to be doing, which is, I think, the biggest thing where it's like, if I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to wake up. But there have been a couple times where, you know, weekends I haven't got up at 6 a.m. 
I'll get up. I still get up earlier. I remember Sunday I got up at, I think I was up at eight or eight 30. Uh, and I texted my mom something and she's like, why are you up so early? And I said, oh, it's not early. She's like, the only reason I'm up is kind of got to bring your sister to tennis. Um, but yeah, uh, there've been a couple things that haven't gone well, you know, not gone my way, but I haven't got up at six, but for the days that I want to, it's been happening. Nice. That's good to hear. You gotta, you gotta stay true to your, your words so you can build trust with yourself. Yeah. And that's, I've, I've been watching during dinner, actually the McGregor forever documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, but he pretty much says when he's training, he says, if you tell yourself you're going to wake up at six, you wake up at six. If you tell yourself you're going to train at 10, you wake up at 10. And when he lost to, uh, when he lost to Dustin Poirier, he says, he he wouldn't do that. He said, I, I'd tell myself I was going to wake up at 8, I'd wake up at 9. I told myself I was going to go train at 11, I wouldn't go till 1. He said, I lost a mental battle and I lost this fight mentally. So mm-hmm. I think it, it does go a long way if you can mentally tell yourself to do those things. Yeah, I think I've gained a lot of confidence because there's a lot of stuff that I do that I tell myself that, hey, I'm going to do this and I ended up following through. And I think that's that's built a lot of confidence within myself. Yeah, which is which is good. And that's one thing we have on here is to get a routine. So if we're deciding going back to priorities and having a task, the one thing I like to do if there's a bunch of things on my plate and I can't decide what to do is to figure out what your goals are, where you want to get to, and then figure out the tasks, reverse reverse engineer it to what the steps are you need to take to get to that goal. So, you know, if Tyler's goal is he wants to get 5,000 Instagram followers, whatever it is, his steps are probably, okay, I have to make Instagram content. I have to maybe analyze my data here and there. If reading is something that's not really going to get him there, unless he's maybe reading books on how to get 5,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> but that's where the priority comes in. That's, okay, I need to focus more of my time here rather than over here where it's not really doing much for me. Yeah, that that's something I'm getting trying to work on getting better at and <laughs> this past week has been a little tough just because right now I feel like going to, going to bed. <laughs> that's all I'm really thinking about right now. I'm not going to lie. And that's, I think, I know I'm trying to just get the stuff that I need to get done for these days because outside of the stuff that I need to get done, like after this, I might try and work a little bit, but Last night, man, last night was brutal. I had a massive headache. It was massive migraine. And I was just like, you know what? I ended up going to bed an hour early just because it was hurting so much. I'm like, I just need to get rid of this pain. So I just ended up going to bed. Whereas otherwise, I would have normally been working for another hour. So that that's rare for me. Yeah. But you got to focus hey, on that. Sometimes you have some hurdles that come up and that's okay. Yeah, but those those hurdles are sometimes what's able to, you know, it's easy to get stuff done when you're feeling good and everything's flowing perfectly fine. It's when the times are shit and not everything's flowing well is when you got to push through and separate yourself, separation season. Yeah. But if you got a migraine and you're going to throw up, that's I wasn't going to throw up. I wasn't going to throw up. It was just like massive, like right behind my eyes. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. that's probably, you can draw the line. You can draw the line there. But yeah, that's one thing where as far as a routine goes, once you decide the things that get you to the next step. So if I'm doing client work and I know like I have to finish these two projects to get this invoice and this, whatever it is, then set a routine. I like to set a routine and a schedule of when I do things. So if I'm editing in the mornings, okay, let's say I always edit from eight to noon, right? Stick to that. Try to get that stuff done. Or if you you struggle with finances and you know that's a priority of yours, tell yourself, okay, every Friday at four o'clock before the end of the work week, I'm going to do the finances for that week or whatever it is. One example for this is Monday mornings when I start my week, I go on my QuickBooks and I log all my miles. So I have that tax deduction for what I drove mile wise uh, for the business. So I do that every Monday morning. So if you can use these different routines and schedules to keep you on track and to keep your priorities in check, I think you're going to be better off in the long run. Yeah, I think routines help me out a lot too, just because it keeps me consistent with doing everything that I need to be doing. 
And I never really viewed, say, diet or exercise because that was just something that I always did. But that's just something that got baked into my routine and became a habit. So I think having those set specific times or those days of the week when you do those certain things. I, I know someone from Arte, he doesn't schedule anything on Mondays and Fridays so he can work on the business. And I think that's something that I struggle with too, which with routines is actually figuring out and knowing what to do, where I think you you do it really well with your schedule and you say, this is what I got to do during this time. Whereas with me, it's trying to figure out what I got to do. So I think that's somewhere where I lack. And I think that's what helps me do well with, say, my diet, my exercise. And it was reading, but now it's not reading. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. I think you're very strict with those things like your diet, you're straight, like you weigh all your food and you track that kind of stuff where if you could use that same mindset to also do with your scheduling and tasks, you think that would help at all? Because you're pretty it, meticulous with that. If you were meticulous yeah. with your schedule and what you needed to get done, I assume, I, just, I mean, I'd assume I know you would be the kind of guy that could follow yeah. that. It, it It would just be... I think doing personal stuff like that is a lot easier. It's not hard to make good food. It's not hard to weigh your food. And that's something that's easy and I know what to do. Where with the business, I don't know what to do. There's Maybe it's just because there's so much stuff that I need to do or I could do where it's like, I don't know if I should do this or if I should do that or if I should do this. So there's just so much different stuff out there that I could do. So it's just maybe trying to say something like what this episode is on finding that one thing focusing on that getting that done and then moving on to the next task yeah i think it starts with you know what's the next goal that you want to hit if you're like okay my next goal is i want to i have one client right now i need to get to three clients okay well what steps on my long list of tasks is going to get me one step closer to getting those three clients or if you're like i want a better customer experience then you know, okay, the tasks are going to align more to, I need to revamp the back end of how my customer walks through the process of working with me. So really, I always think it stems from that goal. What is the goal of where you're trying to get to? And then you can figure out what's important at that time. Yeah. Goal setting seems to be like a good, good metric to help nail your focus in on because if you don't have yeah. goals what is, what's the saying where you don't if you're if you don't aim at anything you're not going to hit anything is that what it is yep that's why one saying my dad always used to say usually in golf was aim small miss small so i think mm. if you have a really fine goal and a very sharp like hey this is my one thing it's very niche and you yeah. aim at that thing you're not going to miss super wide. You're not going to be way off. You might miss barely around it. Like, oh, we just missed it here or there, but you're going to be in the same path as that one goal you had. Right. And then you can just course correct or then you're able to move move closer towards your goal. And if you don't have that, you're going to be way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, because I get where you're at, where you're like, there's so many different business things and tasks that I can do. What do I do? Because I was in that situation before too. It's like, okay, well, what do you like? Right now, I want to hire an editor. Okay, yeah. I want to have a full time editor for 2024. Yeah. Well, my goals are I need cash flow then, right? So I need to do whatever I can to get as much cash flow to be able to support that runway for the 2024 employee. Now, if I wasn't looking for a 2024 employee, I might not be focused as much on, you know the process of getting jobs in and out and completed. So that's the goal for me. That's a good example to use. And I think a good tie into this is the power of saying no to things. Mm -hmm. One thing is whether you're saying no to outside people or clients, or even if you're saying no to yourself, ask yourself, is this going to get me to that goal I'm looking for? And you have to have the power and the ability to say no. One example I use for this is my goal is to work in the corporate industry, grow the business, one thing I always have to say no to, not always, but I do, is weddings. I don't do weddings, okay? So I just say no to it. I know weddings could be super lucrative. I can make a lot of money doing weddings, but one, I like my weekends. I don't want to work on the weekend going out and shooting. I'd rather, if I'm working on the weekend, rather sit at my own desk in my house in sweatpants. But I, I have to be able to say no to that because it's not aligning to where I want to go to. That's interesting you say that because I thought you were going to be branching out into weddings potentially. No. No? 
Not I anymore. Weddings. <laughs> no, I mean, down the road, I've, I've thought about it. Like, I don't ever want to do weddings myself. If there's uh, down the road five years from now where there's a branch of Bennett Creative Media, that's like the wedding division. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. don't, I don't want to ever have to edit or shoot one. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's one thing that I've gotten really good at is just saying no. And then I've gotten to the point where I just kept saying no. People stop asking me. So yeah, power of no is pretty big. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of people want to be a yes man. They want to be like, yeah, I'll do this job. That sounds awesome. But it really just adds more chaos and more stress and more everything to the business where if you just say no, it might suck that original 10 minutes you do it where it's like, oh, I feel like I'm letting that person down or I'm leaving money on the table, whatever it is. If it doesn't align, just say no. I think one of the, th- whenever you say, whenever you say no, you're say or whenever you say yes, you're saying no to something else. So yep. it's, it's, it's an opportunity that you could potentially be missing out on at the same time in terms of something else. So whenever you do say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Opportunity cost. I think I learned that in economics class in high school and we were talking about stocks. If you only have a thousand dollars and you say yes to Apple and you put money into Apple, you have to say no to something else. So then you yeah. can see, you know, Apple might be stagnant, might grow 2%. But if the thing you were going to say yes to and you said no because you chose Apple goes up 15%, mm-hmm. that's the opportunity cost of the decision you made. So same goes with, you know, weddings. If I booked a wedding on a Friday and I said yes, but I didn't really love it because I wanted to make three grand and then a job came up to shoot a big corporate job of someone that flew in from Texas for Nike. <laughs> The opportunity cost is that could happen and I would have to say no because I booked this wedding that I don't really want to do. So opportunity cost, big, big thing to think about. You know, the video I sent you about Casey Neistat where the way he got the deal with Nike. Remember that? Uh, I don't know if I do. Where he just made the video for Nike without them actually. Yeah. And then he put it on his website. Yep. You should do that. Yeah. That's the power of spec work, man. Like yeah. that's how the Jeep commercial we got. That's how I got a car client for two years, five car mm-hmm. dealerships. And it was nice. literally just for making that Jeep ad that we shot freaking four or five years ago. You should just start doing some big company shit. I don't know. Samsung, Sony. There is, there is uh, it's actually in the process. I can't divulge too much information on the air. I can tell you off the air, but I have a plan for that leading into 2024. All right. I'll be looking forward to that. Tyler, anything else you got on uh, prioritizing and pushing things back and letting others take the spotlight? Not really. It's going to suck at first, but I think over time and eventually you'll realize that it it's a good decision and you can always go back too. Yeah, it's worth it in the long run. Uh, Tyler, throwing the business over business idea over to you. What do you got for us? So this may already exist. I don't know, but I... I used to always be someone for soap in the shower, a gel person. And then I recently went on Amazon to try and, because I didn't want to buy and support these massive companies that don't care about us and put all these harmful ingredients in them. So I tried to find like a smaller company and I ended up finding, it was, I didn't realize it was local, but it's a local company I found on Amazon that does soap. I don't know if they do shampoo, but I bought, I bought soap bars. I don't, I don't like soap bars. I, I it's, do you use soap hard bars? to use? No, very hard, very hard. So <laughs> I realized this after, but not hard, reason- just annoying would be a better word. It's not like we're idiots. We can't use soap bar, but it's just annoying. <laughs> no, it's a little bit of both. So yeah, one, one thing that I don't like about the soap bars is after you get the soap off your, your skin's like really sticky. It's weird, but that's not really the idea. The, the thing is with these soap bars, and what you were saying, they're hard and annoying. I kept dropping the soap. Like it, like it's so I'm hard to, yeah, I know. It's so hard to just continually hold on to it. And I don't know how many times I've dropped it. And it's pissing me off that the amount of times that I drop it, but maybe there's like something that you can use where you put the soap bar into it and then you use that thing and then you can like rub your body with it. And then it just, then you're not going to drop it. I know there's the loofahs, but there's no real like insertion that you could put the soap bar in. And then yep. you just, you just have that. And then it's just, 
a lot easier to not drop it and be able to clean your body. And then you don't got to focus like 90% of the time. It's just me trying to focus on not dropping it because I'm like clenching. I'm like, you're not going anywhere. And then, (laughs) so yeah, maybe if there's like a product, I don't know if it's art, if it already exists, but just something that you're able to put the soap bar into and then you're able to use that to clean your body instead. I have an idea that, that might already exist. I can't confirm or deny, but just from first thinking about it, it's got to be out there somewhere. I was thinking you should almost have like one of those Wii controller remote straps <laughs> tied to your soap bar, and then you can just slide it on and then soap up. So even if you do drop it, it's within a it's within a right. flick of the wrist. It's got like a needle thing that goes through it, and then it comes out on the other side, so it's just like stuck in there, and then it's like, yeah, you got a little wrist strap for it. Yeah, I like it. See? Variations. We can create a soap-holding company. We got wrist straps. We got hand (laughs) bars. We got baseball bat ones where it's just like a... Get the back. I don't know. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Now we're on to something. That actually is not a bad idea. That's the hardest place to get, man. Yeah. I feel like there's about half my back that I never actually touch. Yeah. I think there's a strip down the middle I've never washed ever. It just, just gravity gets it. Yeah, it it just gets yeah, exactly. It just gets cleaned by osmosis. <laughs> what about like a a foot by 3 foot bar of soap that you attach to your shower wall and then you can <laughs> rub your back against it? <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. Just make like the whole the whole shower a bar of soap. <laughs> yep. What if we showered in a bar of soap? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you bar just like soap house. roll yourself <laughs> around it. It's not That'd a horrible idea. Now we're the brainstorm is going through the roof here. Yeah. You ever hear those sessions where it's like no idea is a bad idea and then you just come up with the stupidest. I feel like that's basically what we just did there. Yeah. That's pretty much the premise of how my other podcast three dudes started is we're like, we could take stories so incredibly far into the ether of what is going on uh-huh. that you could do the same thing for business ideas. Yeah, you, you definitely can. It happens. Uh, I like it, Tyler. Anything else you got for the episode? Otherwise, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap her up. That's episode 53 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. And if you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review wherever you are listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. Your life is controlled by what you focus on. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins.